Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. All right, are we ready this morning to go? Awesome. Well, as my wife kind of mentioned, uh, Pastor Aaron and Diane, they're speaking at Hope Life Church in, um, in the Canton, Ohio area. So um, we're, we're believing that they're just impacting them this morning. Uh, it's exciting. And, th- and they asked me to share this morning, which I'm super honored that they would do that. Um, so I'm just going to jump in. And this is kind of a different message that I'm, I'm doing this morning. A few, uh, it's been maybe a month ago, um, we, our summer interns, our summer AMP program, I shared this message and they, they asked me if I would share it on a Sunday. So, so I'm going to do that. So it's going to feel a little bit different. It's not going to be as preachy. It's going to be more teachy. But this is good stuff, and I believe that it's going to really help you. It's going to impact our church. It's going to impact you guys. So are you ready to go? Yeah. Awesome. Um, I, I'm starting with a story that I, uh, I'm a little hesitant to share, but I'm going to share it anyways. So, um, so a couple, last weekend, I went hiking with a couple of friends. And so we're in the lower Dolly Sods area, and um, we, we come out of the, you know, of the trail, and we get to the truck, and we're, we're getting ready to leave. We go down the hill. We're, you know, it's a few-minute drive, so we get down. And, and if you've ever been to Dolly Sods, there's a one-way bridge that kind of separates the national forest and then the road that you go out on. And so we get to this bridge, and there's a man standing on the bridge, okay? And... Um, he has a cane, he's an older man, he's got a big beard, and he's just kind of walking, and, and I, I'm looking at him, and I'm like, what is, what is he wearing? And the more I look, the more I realize, he's wearing nothing. <laughs> the man is buck naked. And I'm like, is, is this a dream? Is this real life? And so I'm like, he's blocking the road, like I can't, I can't drive, and so I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, what do I do? Like... I'm, I'm at, like waiting for a naked man to walk across the bridge so I can leave. And it's like, man, I don't know if he's trying to like get people that are from out of town, you know, visiting, like, hey, don't come back. This is what we do here. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. But all I know is I'm sitting there waiting. And so he finally kind of waves me on. He's like, come on. He's, you know, happy, jolly guy, just living his life. You know, he's tan. Um, it is what it is. Looks like it's a normal thing. And so later on, I actually find out that um, he lives in the area and that this is just something that he does. He walks up and down the road um, going into Dolly Sods just naked. And so has anybody else seen the naked man? I'm just, I'm just curious. Okay, nobody. Well, man, I promise I'm not lying. This is a true story. Um, anyways, and you're like, how are you going to start a message with this? Well, hey, I've got your attention now, right? Um, <laughs> no. So it was clear to me that this was a man, right, for obvious reasons. You know, I know, listen, I know we're in a world of confusion. We live in a world that's confused, but there is proof and evidence that this was a man. And I think, I know, I know, I'm trying to take this around now. I'm trying to like get it somewhere and I think everyone's like, what's what's happening? But I think that there are things in our life that mark us as a good husband or a good dad, right? There are, there's evidence, there's proof, or there's fruit in your life that, that happen because you're a good father, a good husband, a good, a good parent, you know, what have you, a good employee, right? But I think that there's, there's one thing that I think is a mark. If you would say, like, what is it? And I actually, I asked my wife this last night. If you were to say, like, what is, what is the mark of a Christian? Somebody that loves Jesus with all their heart, and you see them or you meet them, what is something that is like a dead giveaway? What's, what is evidence or what is proof that somebody believes in Jesus? And um, I was thinking about that. And she said, she said their conversation. And I absolutely agree. You can, you can talk to somebody and quickly know if they're a believer or if they're not, right? Which to some of us might be like, wow, that's, I, need to, I need to like make sure. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is my conversation like? But think about that. What are some marks? And I think like, you know, Obviously, reading your Bible, having a regular time with the Lord, I think that's a mark of, a, of a, somebody who loves Jesus. But there's this other thing, and it's kind of what I'm building this morning out of, and that is praise. Don't get too excited. I mean, <laughs> praise. Now, I know, listen, I know we come in and we, we, we have praise and worship every, every week, and it's just kind of a part of church. But I want you to know that this is actually a very 
huge part of a, a life of a believer that has so much power. And I'm going to try to unpack all that for you today. Again, it's going to be a little bit teachy. It's more like bullet points. But there's some good stuff in here that I really believe is going to help you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to praise. Look at your other neighbor and say, it's time to praise. Awesome. Well, I'm just going to jump right in because I believe that praise, a life of praise is, is evidence or it's proof that, that you love Jesus, that you're a believer, right? And so, um, so the, my, my first point I'm jumping right in is that um, what is praise? What is praise? And so praise, th- this is the kind of message that, just side note, that it's a good, this is a good note-taking message. So if you're into taking notes, there's going to be some, some good, good truth bombs here for you. Um, so what is praise? Praise is an expression of worship, right? So we know that there's a difference between praise and worship, right? It's just kind of like when we come into a church, that you usually start with a praise song, something upbeat, something faster to stir our flesh, right? It's celebrating God, who he is. And then there's worship, right? Which worship is, it's usually a slower song. It's more of an intimate. You're singing directly to God, right? Praise, you're singing about God, who he is. But worship, you're singing to God. But praise is an expression of worship. It's an expression of worship. Um, an expression is this. This is cool. It's the process of making known, putting into words one's thoughts, feelings, emotions, or opinions. That's what an expression is, right? Like you express love to your spouse. Now, this is something that I'm, I'm not the most expressive person. If you, know, if you know me, you know that about me, that I'm not the most expressive person. And so when it comes to, to me and my wife, um, I'm not the most expressive. Like I love her but sometimes I need to show her that I love her, right? Any, any married men in there, like, you know, I, mean, I probably lack in the expression category. I'm the only one. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm getting the bad husband award now. <clears throat> no, but, but it's, it's ex- making known, putting into words your thoughts, feelings, emotions, or opinions. That's what an expression. So if an expression of worship, how are we doing that to God? That is praise. Right? The answer to those questions, I'm lifting my hands, I'm celebrating him, I'm singing, I'm clapping my hands. Those are expressions of worship to the Father. So that's what praise is, right? Um, you can't praise without expression. You can't praise without expression. Now, another like, little disclaimer, this, this might step on some toes this morning. So sorry, not sorry, I guess, uh, because I think that we need to understand this. But I think a lot of us, and I come from this, we think like, you know what, I just will praise God in my heart. He understands. He, know, he knows where I'm at. Um, well, let me tell you, in marriage, that doesn't cut it. <laughs> right? I, I love you. I feel it. I, I just, you know, I feel all the love in my heart. Um, but if I never show it, then how is it known? It doesn't count. Right? It's like the same as forgiveness. It doesn't count if it's only in your mind. Right? You've got you to gotta, you gotta extend forgiveness, right? So, but I just praise God in my heart. He knows my heart. And yes, he does know your heart. And he's not deceived because he knows there's always a reason why a person refuses to express praise to him. Ouch. I, there's the toe thing I was telling about, you know. He, there's a, there's a re- he knows your heart, yeah, and he knows why you will not praise him. Whether it's pride, whether it's what other people might think, whether it's Whatever that might be, right? He, he knows. And pride is the enemy of praise. Pride's the enemy of praise. Um, I'm just going to keep moving because I don't want to get caught, hung up on any of these things. And so praise is an expression of worship. Another thing that praise is, is praise is a choice. It's not a feeling. Did you know, as the worship pastor here, there are some mornings where I don't feel like praising and worshiping. <gasps> We're human, right? It's a choice. It's not a feeling. When you come into praise and worship and, and we're like, hey, let's lift our hands. Let's shout to God. Let's, it's not because I'm trying to you know, prod you, but I, I am because it's a choice. I'm trying to get you to understand that, hey, this is something that we have to stir ourselves into. You don't just show up ready to praise, right? It's a choice. That's why you can't, you can't have an expression of worship and, and be in pride because pride is all about how can I please myself, right? It's all about self. And so when we come into to a room with praise and worship, the last thing, 
ah, this is a terrible song. I don't like this one. Or like, man, why, why are you wearing the same jacket as Pastor Shane? You guys are just trying to, come on. That's, or, you know, whatever, whatever, th- oh, this is just uh, another, it's too loud, it's too quiet, it's too, if I sing, they might hear me and leave. Like all of these things we, you know, reasons that we may um, not want to. Or maybe, maybe, you know, we've said this before, but you come into church and sometimes it's like a win just to show up, right? The kids are screaming, you know, uh, not wanting to get dressed. They're putting diapers on their head if you're in my house. Um, just all of that stuff. And it's like, just getting to church is enough. Like, why do I have to? That's why the Bible calls it a sacrifice of praise. Because it should cost you something. Praise should cost you something. So when we show up, it is, it's a choice. It's, it's something that you may not feel like doing, right? It's not about you, though. It's the thing. Praise is not about us. It's about God. And the Bible says that if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. Yeah. It's not about us. It's, it, and praise is this. It's celebrating. It's celebrating who he is. And then it's stirring our flesh. Stir, I love that. Stirring our flesh. When we praise, it's stirring our flesh. Because you know that we can't always follow our flesh. The feelings that you have, they might be real, but they may not be right. We've heard that before, right? Um, so we, therefore, we can't live by what we feel. We can't live by our feelings. Sometimes we have to do things that maybe it doesn't make sense to us. Like, why would I lift my hands in praise when people are around me? It's a choice, right? But stirring our flesh. I always, whenever I say that or hear that, I always imagine like this huge, um, just like pot, like a cooking pot, right? And I just imagine this like stirring, just stir. Just keep stirring. Just keep stirring. So sometimes even when I'm trying to, to get myself psyched up, and you know, sometimes you've got to push through that initial like, I don't feel like it. And once you push through that, there's freedom on the other side of that. And you, understand, you, get, you kind of get to that place. You know what I mean? But it takes stirring. Praise is stirring and stirring and stirring. You know, the Bible talks about how we have to stir up our passion. You know that if you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord, it does not just automatically happen. You can have the desire... But it's not just going to happen. You've got to feed it. Just like a fire needs oxygen, right? It needs fuel. It needs heat. And you have to keep feeding a fire fuel. Otherwise, it's going to go out. The Bible, the Bible kind of uses that as an example of our passion. If we stop adding fuel to this fire of God inside of us, it's eventually going to wane. Because our, we have to battle our flesh. That's why it's up to us to stir to stir, to stir that pot, right? So when we come in here and, you know, I, we, we talk just as, a, as the worship team, like it's up to us to bring energy into the room. And we don't just do this for a show. It's not about that. We say, like, it's not about the lights. It's not about any of this. But what we're trying to do is get you to come with us because when we can all together bring praise, then God can move, yeah. right? Because it's creating expectancy in an atmosphere, and so we're not just trying to be cute up here and play the songs and dance around and do cool moves and stuff like that. Um, but we're actually trying to get you to come with us to stir the room up, to stir the expectancy up. And I will say, you guys are a worshiping church. Man, this, this is a house of worship. It really is. There's, there's been other places that we've led worship, and it's just like... It's like leading rocks, man. It's, it's rough. Because, like, you know, you want, you want people to come with you, and you want to take them to where they can experience the Holy Spirit. Like this morning I was saying, like, really the goal is to let the Lord speak to you, to get to a place of surrender where you're open so that the Lord can speak to you. He can change you. You can recognize him, right? But some people are just unwilling. Like, ah, this is not happening. And that's pride. I'm sorry. But, man, when we're unwilling... You're choosing to say, you know what, I don't need that. I understand. It's not my personality. It's not who I am. I I get all of those things. Believe me 100% because that's me. I'm not the expressive person. I'm not the outgoing person. I'm the guy that just wants to sit in the corner and just watch. I'm good to not have any of the, you know, that's kind of my personality. So really, we have to fight through that flesh. And we got to stir our flesh to a place to where we say, you know what, God, I don't care what people think. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to praise you because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. Amen? 
So praise is an expression of worship. It's, it's a choice. It's not a feeling, right? Psalm 9.1 says this, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all of your marvelous works. And so the first point was, what, what is praise? The second one is this, why do we praise? So why do we praise? And the first thing is because of who he is. We praise him because of who he is. Who is he to you? That's a big question. Is he just a casual once a week relationship? I believe in God, but who is he to you? He's he's faithful. He is faithful. He's good. He's holy. He's loving. He's a loving father. His character. That's why we praise him, right? Because of who he is. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. He's steadfast. He's holy. He's loving. He's good. And listen, regardless of what you're walking through right now, you have a reason to praise him because of who he is. Just because of who he is, you have a reason to give him praise. Another thing is because of what he's done. Because of what he's done. Thankfulness is the essence of praise. You know, the Bible says that we come into his gates with thanksgiving and with his, uh, into his courts with praise. We come in. That's how we enter. You know the gate? So in, in the old tabernacle, uh, when Moses, God gave Moses a vision to set up a tabernacle. The tabernacle just means a tent, a tent of meeting. So the first church, right? They set up this, established this, and there was an outer court outside of the tent walls, and there was one single gate, and that's what they're referring, that verse is referring to, is the temple gate. We enter into the gate with thanksgiving. And you know the gate actually represents Jesus. The only way we can enter in to the holy place with the Lord is through Jesus with thanksgiving. That's how we enter in. Jesus is the only way. And so because of what he has done, uh, you know, I actually heard this because we, we come into his, his presence with thanksgiving. I heard that the same part of your brain where anxiety comes from, that we, we, we can say we have anxiety, is the same part of the brain where thanksgiving or thankfulness comes from. So you can't be in anxiety and be thankful at the same time. You have to choose one. Man, isn't that good? So when we come into his presence with thanksgiving, just a, that's a heart thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anxiety has to bow at that because it cannot function when our brains are firing on Thanksgiving. Isn't that good? For what he's done. You know, praise is, it's truth reviewed and, and good news proclaimed. Praise is the gospel set to the song. You know, the book of Psalms um, is called, it's, it's Psalms, but it's the song book of heaven. If you need to get stirred up in praise, like we're talking about stirring your flesh, if you're like, I just can't do that. It's just, I'm, the thoughts are overcome. Open the book of Psalms. Man, I will praise you, Lord, with my whole heart. The whole earth is filled with his glory. There are, they are literally songs of David of praise to God. And sometimes you just need to get into the Psalms and just start reading them. Read them. Get them in your spirit because it changes the posture of your heart from uh, Anxiety or negativity or complaining to thankfulness, to thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. So because of who he is, because of what he's done, and the last one is because of what he is going to do. What he is going to do. I think sometimes we, we don't look at that part of it because we can only see in our situations, right? But do you know that, think about this. How many times has God been faithful to, to save you from things you don't even know? You know, like maybe you're driving and there was, a, there was an accident like right that could have happened. You have no idea and the Lord protected you from that. Just things in our life that we have no idea of his faithfulness and his goodness. But what he's going to do. Um, so in Acts 16, this is, a, this is a story of Paul and Silas. And they were put in prison because basically they were going around ministering. And then there was this person who had a demon that was following them around. And finally, they just get fed up. They're trying to minister. They're trying to help people. They're going around preaching and teaching. And this, this like, demon-filled woman just keeps harassing them, harassing them. And finally, they're like, 
get out of that woman. And so um, the demon leaves the woman, and then the Pharisees got mad because that's how they were making money. It was from this woman, right? And so they get thrown in prison for basically healing this, healing this, this woman. And so, but it says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So think about this. It's, it's midnight, it's dark, they're in a prison. It's not like our prisons today. They're probably in the lower level of a dungeon. It's probably muddy, it's nasty. Um, they're at their low, right? And when you're at your low, you just want to talk about how low it is, don't you? Oh, this is terrible. We're in shackles. I mean, we're just, come on, God, we're doing the will of God. We're trying to minister, and then we heal somebody, and this is what we get. We're working for the kingdom, and this is what I get. But instead of, of complaining, it says suddenly, it says they were praying and singing hymns to God. They were praying and singing hymns. You know, I, I love my wife, and she was up here praying a moment ago, and I, I, I thought of this. Because whenever I'm come, I come against a challenge, my immediate reaction is fix it. Anybody else? Like if there's a challenge, it's like, okay, what, we got to do this, we got to do this, let's figure it out, we got to fix it, it's, no pro- it's not going to be a big deal. But her immediate reaction is, let's pray. I love that. Isn't that, wouldn't that be amazing if that was all of our responses? Something big happens and you're like, hey, before we do anything, we got to pray. That's amazing. That's what Paul and Silas did. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Man. They're, they're singing praises to God in their lowest point. An earthquake happens and shakes the whole prison. All the prisoners are let loose, right? To the point to where they go to the prison guard and he's like, just kill me now. I can't, ta- I can't take on all of you. And they're like, no, it's okay. We're all here. But what God can do if we just choose to praise rather than complain. Amen? Yeah. I was going to say this a little bit later, but, but did you know that the devil loves praise too? But his praise sounds a little bit different. Think of the scenario but a little bit different. And they, they were complaining in their situation. Uh, why did you put us here? That's the praises of the devil. That's where he wants you. He loves that sound. Oh, I got them right where I want them. They just keep, if they can just keep it out of this, they're not going to be in faith. I've got them, right? If, they can, if the devil can keep you complaining and looking at the misery of the mess and seeing the negativity of the situation, when, when really it takes us stirring ourselves up and saying, you know what? No, in the middle of this, I'm going to choose to praise and sing hymns to God and watch what God can do in your situation. So why do you praise God in a dungeon? Because of what he's going to do. That's why. Because you see something from a different perspective. God, I know you're faithful. I know you're true. I know you're capable. And so from this place, I praise you because of what you're going to do. So in your situation today, whatever, whatever you may be walking through, and we all walk through challenges. This is a fallen world. There is challenge in this world. But in the middle of that, we can say, God, I praise you because I know what you're capable of and what you're going to do. Amen? Amen. So um, praise can be our greatest act of faith. Sometimes it takes us shaking off and just praising the Lord. Just pray, just lifting our hands and praising. Like I said, it, it will change our mentality from, from that negativity to thankfulness. Um, so, so we've said so far, um, what is praise? I can't remember, that's terrible. What is praise? Why do we praise? And the next one is, what does praise do? Is this helping anybody this morning? Yes. Awesome. What does praise do? Or what are the benefits of praise? Like why, why should we do this? So praise actually positions us to enter the promises of God. It positions us. It gets you in a place of expectancy. You probably heard that word, expectancy. You know, my son played t-ball last year, and uh, the past couple of years, but, um, you know, it's, if t-ball is fun, you know, you're basically just like herding cats, right? I mean, as long as they all stay in the dirt and, you know, they stay like, kind of interested, it's a win, right? Uh, but it's fun. But, you know, you try to teach the kids, like, you've got you've to be ready. When the, the person's got bad, you've got to be ready, right? You've got to be expectant. Pretend like the ball is coming to you every time, right? With, with T-ballers, though, it starts like this, and then it's like this, and then it's like, you know, it kind of just shifts a little bit. But the idea is there, right? But this just idea that we're expectant. God, I'm ready. That's what praise does. 
it positions you in a place of expectancy, right? And so another story, this is in Numbers 14. This is when Moses, they had gotten out of Egypt. He's sending out spies because God had promised them a land, right? So they're on the edge of the promised land, and Moses sends out 12 spies to go scope it out. Let's just go see if it really is all that God said it was. And so in verse 7 it says, And they spoke to all the congregation of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good land. And if, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Right? So they're saying, um, we can do this. They had expectant hearts. This is Joshua and Caleb. Twelve spies were sent out. Two of them were expectant. Right? There are giants, yes. But we can do this. We can take this land. If the Lord said it, we can do it. That's what praise does. It positions you in a place of expectancy to where, you know what, I am convinced that God can do this because I know he told me he can do this. Expectant. Unfortunately, the other 10 spies, they saw the situation and they said, Ugh, but there are giants in the land and, and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. We, there's, I, I just, I don't know. They didn't have an expectant heart. They, they doubted. And God said that because of their, their doubt, that whole generation would not see the promised land. Therefore, they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years until the next generation was able to go and take the promised land. But man, if God has promised you something, that's what praise does, is it gets you into a place of expectancy. God, I believe and I expect and I know. You know it's hard to do that when you're just in your thoughts? Man, when you're in your thoughts about a situation, it's impossible. That, that's, that's my, I was telling about my wife when she says, let's pray. Because I get into this mode of like, oh, everything is, everything is awful now if something happens. When, when really, no, we need, we need to stir up some praise. We need to stir up some expectancy because it starts with that. And sometimes your breakthrough is on the other side of your praise because praise is going to get you to a place of expectancy where you can actually see from a, with spiritual eyes. Amen. I mean, it just takes us praising, putting aside our flesh, saying, you know what? I don't care how I look. I might look ridiculous. It's okay. But I, I know that if I do this on the other side of this, there's some expectancy stirring. God is at work. Amen. Amen. Praise is a choice. Just like the children here of Israel, they could, they could either whine or they could complain or they could praise. You know, there's this little saying in our house that I say is, is you don't get things that you whine for. You don't get things that you whine for. There's a proper way to go about getting things, and it's not whining and complaining. I think it's the same is true with, with the Lord. Like sometimes our, our prayers of desperation, I know God hears our heart, but really he's looking for faith. He's looking for expectancy, just expectancy, just like Joshua and Caleb. They had a different spirit about them of faith. Amen? We have a decision to make in the desert. We can whine or we can praise. Deserts train us to praise because, because of who he is regardless of our circumstance. I'm going to read that one more time. That's good. We have a decision to make in the desert. We can whine or praise. Deserts train us to praise God because of who he is regardless of our circumstances. Praise will prepare our hearts and be able to receive and hold on to the promise of God. Praise will position you. It positions you in a place of expectancy. Amen. So the next thing, another benefit of praise is that, that God will show up. God will show up. When we lift up our praise in this room on Sundays, we expect that God is going to show up. Psalm 22.3 says, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Enthroned in the praises of Israel. Another way, another translation says that, that he inhabits the praises of his people. Or he dwells in our praise. He lives, resides in our praise. When we praise him up, heaven comes down. God shows up. When we, and this is not a figment of our imagination. When we lift up praise to God, we are building him a throne of honor to be seated on in this room. 
And we want God to move. God, I need you to move on my situation. Yet we cross our arms when it's time to praise him. And we are actually building him a throne of honor. I heard this illustration one time. It stuck with me. You know, just, let's just imagine for a minute. Um, we just got finished with worship. And, um, you know, maybe it wasn't a very praise heavy. Maybe we just kind of dropped the ball a little bit, right? Let's just pretend. And um, so Jesus walks in the room. It's like, wow, G- Jesus is here. Um, Lord, we, we built you a throne. It's uh, here you go. Tiny little like, you be glorified, Lord. Right? How is our praise enthroning him? How are we building him an on- a, th- enthron- a throne of honor? Does that make sense? I know that's so silly. But man, like when I come into to church, I want to praise him with my whole heart. I don't want to hold anything back from what he deserves because it's not about me. I mean, it's never been about me. And we make praise about ourselves. It's too loud. It's too quiet. This is the wrong song. Why are they doing this song again? They did it last week. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Our praise builds a seat of honor for him. So how how are we building that? What does our praise look like? Uh, Again, this is the toe thing. We're stepping on some toes this morning. I'm not trying to like make anyone feel guilty or be feel condemned. That's not the goal of this. I'm trying to like to teach in a place. Maybe it's revelation to you. Maybe you didn't know this. I'm trying to, you know, revelation is when there's something that's there all along, but the curtain is open to you, and you now see it in a full light for the first time. That's revelation. Oh, I get it now. I see that. I, I understand that. That's revelation. And so my goal this morning is for, to have an aha moment for you so that the curtain is pulled back and you say, wow, I, I did not know. That's, that's why we praise. I thought we just sang songs. But there's power in our praise. There's so much power in our praise. So how are we building a throne? Are we building a throne big enough to hold the weight of his glory in this room? Are we building a throne big enough? And so, so God shows up. The next thing is that praise is a weapon of spiritual warfare. Praise is a weapon. Praise confuses Satan. Did you know that? Because why would it make sense when the children of God are going through despair, they're in a rough situation, yet they still lift their hands and they praise God. It's like the old song, uh, Casting Crown song, I'll praise you in the storm. Why would you praise God in the storm? Because of who he is, because of what he's done, because of what he's going to do. You know what? It may not look great around, but I will, I'm going to praise you anyways, Lord, because you are worthy of the praise. Right? Praise is a weapon of spiritual warfare. Um, The the devil, he cannot defend praise. He can only lie. The only thing that can come out of the mouth of Satan is lies. Just lies. And praise is based on pure truth. Right? When you you have a thankful heart and you see things through thanksgiving, thank you, Lord. When you have that mentality and that heart, the devil does not know what to do with that. Because he wants you to see the bad in everything. Right? He wants you to see the negative and everything. But praise is just pure truth. It's just, just, just speaking goodness to God. Just lifting up praise to him. It silences the enemy and it makes the devil shut up. Come on. Some of you need to praise just because of that. He might be haunting you in your mind or telling you what you're not, what you're not capable of doing, what you'll never be. I'm just going to stir up something. You know what? Shut up, devil. I'm going to praise him. Shut up, devil. I'm going to praise him, right? The next thing is that praise aligns us with, with heaven. So if we want things in heaven to happen on earth, we must do the things on earth that are done in heaven, right? If we want things to happen on earth that, happen, that are in heaven, we must do the thi- on earth the things that are being done in heaven. And that was really, really scrambled up right there. But do you understand? Praise demolishes every argument and pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. It takes captive every thought to make it obedient to the truth of Christ. Praise aligns us with heaven and it it changes our mood. Did you know that? When you pray, like I said earlier, when you break through that flesh and you finally get to a place of praise, it changes your mood. You cannot praise in the presence of God and be a grumpy afterward. I promise, try it. 
I, pr- I promise you, and I challenge you, you can't be in the presence of God praising him and then just come out like, and be grumpy. It doesn't work like that because of the fruit of praise. When we praise him, heaven shows up. When heaven shows up, we win. Amen? It changes our mood. Praise, so we said that praise creates expectancy. Expectancy creates atmosphere. And atmosphere brings manifestation. Saying that again. Praise creates expectancy. Expectancy creates atmosphere. And atmosphere brings manifestation. You know, Pastor Diane, she did an amazing job talking last week about miracles, having miracles in, our, in the church and how God really has never stopped doing miracles. It's just our awareness and our desire to see miracles happen has just gone away, right? God's still a God of miracles. God's still a God that heals. He is. But sometimes our atmosphere is not proper for a manifestation of miracles. How do we get this atmosphere? It starts with praise. Why? Praise creates an expectancy for God to move, right? When you, get it, you start creating this expectancy, it creates an atmosphere. And God can manifest in an atmosphere of expectancy. He can. But I think it takes us getting our expectancy to a place where we, we trust God and we believe God. Amen? And so we've said, we said, how, we said um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm forgetting this again, guys. It's terrible. They're all confusing me. What is praise? We said, why do you praise? We said, um, the third one, which is another one about praise. <laughs> it's terrible. And so the last one I'm going to do is, is uh, how do we praise? How do we praise? Um, I'm just going to give you some scriptures, and I don't know that they'll all be on the screen, but I just want to, because, you know, we've, again, I, what I want to do is bring revelation to you that maybe you've not heard, that maybe you've, maybe it's new to you. So that's my whole heart in this. Um, but here's the thing, is that we can't expect God to submit his kingdom to our culture. It doesn't work that way. I think we think sometimes, like, um, you know, God, he needs to fit into our box and how church is and how it feels and how, it, and so we build our, our boxes of church and think that that's how God is and that's our perspective of God. But really, we can't expect God to submit to our kingdom culture. Just because you don't feel like praising, we can't build a church movement out, out of it because you just don't feel like it. Because the Bible says to praise the Lord. Does that make sense? Like, it's biblical. Regardless of how we feel, it's biblical. We must submit our culture to his kingdom. We have to submit our culture. And I, I say our culture as like a big, big culture, but I can say it individually too. We have to submit our, our inner uh, feelings or our, who we are to his kingdom culture. That's what this is all about, right? And so, pray, but praise, um, so how do we praise? Praise, it starts with the posture of our heart. Praise is a heart thing. You know, it's very possible to go through the motions of praise and it just be like, no fruit. You can put your hands up, you can, you know, do the whole thing and, you know, whatever it looks like. And it's just like lifeless because it starts with a heart thing. It's a, it's a, this is a heart thing. God doesn't want your hands lifted. He wants your heart. God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He's not asking to take from you. He wants your heart because he knows what's good for you. He knows what's better for you. If, I, if my son were up here this morning, or my daughter who's sitting on the front row, beautiful, and she's up here with me, and she's like, hey, Dad, can I have the keys to the car? Sure. I'm a loving father. I will give. That's, that's not a great idea. She's not, she's not prepared for that yet, right? God knows who you are, and he wants your commitment in your heart. And there are things that maybe you aren't ready for that, that he's not maybe pulled the trigger on. And you think, God, why, why would you do this to me when he knows you better than you know yourself? But he wants your heart. He wants your commitment. But praise starts with the posture, it starts with our heart. It's a posture thing. I've said this, this already, but Psalm 100 said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Enter his gates with that. He, he wants our thanksgiving. You know, several years ago, Brittany and I first got married, and uh, I, I think we had just had Ellie. She was a baby, and, 
and we had gotten into this argument, or I was mad about something. I don't remember what it was exactly, but she just said, you know what? You just need to be thankful. And I was like, don't you tell me to be thankful. You know, it's kind of one of those, like, <laughs> you can't tell me. <sighs> and, and then, so we had previously talked about this thing called Thanksgiving therapy by Sarah Pearson's, and it was kind of something we had freshly talked about. So she's like, you need Thanksgiving therapy. And what it is, is you just go to, go somewhere by yourself, and you just start thanking God. You just start thanking him. And you know, at first, it did not sound very, like, spiritual. <laughs> Thanks, God, for this. <sighs> it sounded more like grumbling. But, like, the more that you just kind of sink into that, and you just, you just kind of keep going. Just thank you. Just find things. Thank you for the grass. Thank you that I'm, I'm walking on this stage, that I'm able to walk. And thank you. Just things, there are things that we can be thankful for that I know might seem, seem really small, but they're big. And they grow when you recognize them. When you recognize it and you see how much really God has done for you, there is so much to be thankful for. And if, it just, if it's just us stopping in the middle of our, of our grumbling and saying, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And just keep that, that's, the, that's where your heart starts to change. And there's just a posture of your heart that comes into a place where it turns into praise. Thankfulness turns into, thankfulness is praise. So if you, one of the things I'm going to talk about here, just with ways how you praise, one of them is just being thankful, starting with thanksgiving. That's how you enter into his courts, enter his gates. I'll never forget, um, growing up, I went to a church camp, Judson Baptist camp, and uh, I, a lot of where I am today is because of this camp. It's where I felt called to ministry. It's where I felt called to worship. Um, so many memories in this camp, and I'll, I'll never forget this. You know, every, every night before we would go to a Vesper circle around a fire and someone would speak, and, um, we we would be in just the auditorium room singing this song as we go up on the hill to, to receive the message. And I'll never forget, just, uh, you know, just one of, the, one of the older men of the church and just lifting his hands, just worship. Just, and I have that image in my mind still. And I, I think of that because, like, it wasn't about anything else, just Jesus in that moment. I mean, you're in a room full of kids that you're trying to quiet so you can get them up a hill. And just, just this image in my mind of this man just st standing with his hands lifted high, cry tears running down his face because it meant everything to him in that moment. And I still have that image in my mind when I, when I, even when I come into a worship set or when I come up here to, to lead worship, sometimes I'll just get choked up thinking about just how it's, it's about he just wants our heart. It doesn't always look fancy. It might, it might look messy. You might not have it all figured out. It might not be perfect, but he just wants our heart. It might be full of tears. It might be full of laughter. It might be full of joy, but he just wants our heart. It starts with our heart. And the second thing in this is that praise is not praise until it's seen and heard. Praise has an expression, like we said in the very beginning. Praise has an expression. And you know what? Maybe for you, it might just start like this. Maybe it starts with clapping. But listen, as, as, the, as your praise grows, your expression should grow. Because it's not about you, and you start to realize that, God, it does not matter. I just want to lift my hands. I want to pray. Whatever. And it gets to the place that, God, whatever you want me to do, I will do. It's not praise until it's seen and heard. And so I'm just going to give you some practical things on how, how to praise. What does the Bible say about what that looks like? The first thing is singing praises. These all might be simple to you guys, but I wanted to just put this in here. First Chronicles 16, 23, it says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Psalm 9:11 says, Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare his deeds among the people. Psalm 34 says, Sing praise to the Lord, all you saints of his. Give thanks and remembrance of his holy name. Singing praises. When we come into a, a, a worship time here, we say, sing it out. I feel like I say that every, like, all the time. It's like one of those things when somebody prays and they say, like, um, 
um, or when they talk, you know what I'm talking about? Like, um, um, it's like, that's the line. It's like, sing it out, sing it out, sing it out. <laughs> but it's scriptural. Let's declare this. Let's create this expectancy. Let's sing it out. It's singing, right? The next one is praising with instruments. 2 Samuel 6, 5 says, Meanwhile, David had and the entire house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with all sorts of instruments made of fir wood, on harps and stringed instruments, on tambourines and sistrums, and on cymbals. First Chronicles says, David and all Israel played music before God with all their might, performing songs on lyres, harps, tambourines, cymbals, and trumpets. Playing with instruments. We do that here. Obviously, we sing, with, we sing songs and we play instruments. Another one is shouting praises. Shouting warns the world that we have a king in our camp. Amen? The tribe of Judah would go before the Israel in battle and they would lift up a shout, a shout of praise to, to let the enemy know, hey, there is a king in our camp. You're not facing an ordinary army. You're facing the army of the Lord with power. It doesn't matter how many of us there are. Amen? And I think you as... For us this morning, when you praise the Lord, you praise with an authority that there is a king on your side, that whatever the enemy tries to throw against you, you have a shout, a mighty shout of praise. Amen? Psalm 511 says, but may all those who seek refuge in you rejoice, then may they ever shout for joy because you defend them. May those who love your name be joyful in you. Psalm 33.3 says, sing to him a new song. Play an instrument skillfully with a joyful shout. The next one is clapping. We clap our hands. Uh, Psalm 47.1 says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a joyful voice. Next one is raising our hands. Psalms 134 says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The next one is dancing. You don't want me to do that one. Just saying, disclaimer, that's not one that I, you, you, I should be doing. Um, 2 Samuel 6.14, David danced before the Lord with all of his might, and he wore a linen ephod. Um, I'm glad he wore a linen ephod. Although it's not consistent with David, but hey, it's all right. Um, Psalm 149.3 says, Let them praise his name with dancing. Let them sing praises unto him with the tambourine and the harp. These are biblical ways that we praise the Lord. Thanksgiving, clapping, lifting up our hands, shouting to God, dancing before the Lord. I'm not trying to create hype, a hype message this morning. But I'm trying to get you to understand that there is power in our praise. I think praise is a mark of a believer. And praise is more than just what you do. It's how you live your life. It's a posture of your heart. And so I wanted to end this this morning with a praise song for obvious reasons. We just talked about praise. And I want to challenge you. But first I wanted to say this. There's a, there's a woman in, this, in the Bible. And she... Um, she went to Jesus, Jesus was reclining back, and it says that she broke this jar of very expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus. And one translation says she started to get her hair and washed his feet with her hair, and all the Pharisees were like, well, what, what, what are you doing? Why would she do, she's a sinner, she could be giving this, selling this to the poor. But Jesus recognized the sacrifice that this woman had just done. Because praise should cost us something. It should cost us pride. It should cost us our feelings. Getting to a place to where we're vulnerable before the Lord, regardless of what somebody else will think about it. You know, can we stand to our feet this morning? just close our eyes and we just lift our hands this morning you know it's not about who's around you it's not about it's not about anything else father we just we come before your presence right now humbly 
Father, we want to give you the praise that you deserve. We want to thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. And Father, we just want to, before you right now, we just want to give you our praise. We want to give you our worship. You know, can we do this, church? Can we start to just lift up thanksgiving to him? What I just talked about, just start thanking him. Maybe it's just saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. It starts with thanksgiving. Lord, we're entering in the gates this morning with thanksgiving in our hearts because you're worthy of it. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for being for breath in our lungs this morning. We thank you for the capability you've given us to praise you, that praise can continually be on our lips. Come on, keep thanking. Keep stirring up praise. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you that this church is a house of praise. This is a church that's a house of worship to you, Father. It's not about us. It's not about how we feel, but it is, it is about lifting our praise to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We lift up our praise to you. It belongs to you, Jesus. It all belongs to you, Father. It's not about how we feel, but it's praise to you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You know, there's something that my family, we, we, we start, we've started to do. And whenever, like, I have a, a day where, you know, you just have one of those days where you're just up against it. And sometimes with us, there's kids in the house, and sometimes it's just like, ah, you know what I'm saying? And um, we start, I, I've done this a few times. I don't do this all the time, but I've done this a few times where I say, you know what? Let's just put on some music some worship music, and we're just going to praise. We're just going to dance. We're going to jump around. We're going to act crazy. And you know what? I, I don't really feel like doing that, but I know that it's what we need to change the mood of our day. And so I'll bump up the music, and we'll just dance around. We'll act goofy. We'll just, you know, just send up praise. And let me tell you, every time we've done that, the entire mood of our whole family is completely different. It just has this way of bringing a joy into your, into your situation. Isn't that cool? And so I'm gonna, we're gonna do that this morning. We're gonna pretend like we're in my living room, right? We're gonna bump the music up. And you know what? Listen, I challenge you. If this is new to you, I just, just take a step this morning. Maybe it's lifting your hands. Maybe it's just lifting up a hand. Maybe it's just tapping a foot. Maybe it's clapping your hand. What, what, whatever stretches you this morning, I want you to do that. And I want you to have this expectancy that God's gonna meet you on the other side of your praise. Come on, so can we do that? Can we start to praise Him again? Father, we lift up our praise to You. Well, we make a joyful noise in Your presence this morning, Lord. We shout, we praise, we extend.